Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Crusher Talk. And you're hearing the metronome. I'll turn that off. From my garage band, which is where I record demos. Um, I spilled water all over my laptop yesterday or two days ago. Actually, I wasn't even awake yet. I just basically like, you know, when you kind of wake up and you're just like reaching for water or you're just kind of stretching that's what happened the water spilled onto my laptop which was conveniently placed between my bedside table and the bed and I use the term bed loosely because we're still mattress on the floor here we are still in a construction zone which is no complaint for me because that is what we signed up for but um, I was on Facebook that night I believe the night before trying to frantically invite people to my new tour dates coming up on the west coast plug and I was like oh I'll just put this here it'll be fine usually that's a sign to not do that because normally when I think that to myself it will be fine something gets crunched or splattered and in this case it was the latter it got splattered I tried to turn it on which is like the biggest no-no you're not supposed to do that And I heard a little boo, you know, when you hear that sound, it's like the electronic device is trying to power up, but it can't and it's crying out. And I Googled it immediately after that. And they said, do not under any circumstances, try to turn on your computer or your laptop. So anyways, I'm just going off on a tangent. It doesn't even really matter. Just the sound quality is going to be really good because I'm actually using, normally we have a condenser mic that's like a $100 condenser mic, but right now I'm using this Shure uh, SM57 uh, instrument mic. So yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, I wanted to get on here today and I just want to talk about food, I guess. I have some food items that have been like swimming around in my brain. I've been thinking about doing another podcast and thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? Um, Before I get into the food, I feel like I was so inspired by this new podcast I just started listening to. It's with, um, it's it's by Esther, Esther Povitsky. She's a comedian and her podcast is very like long form rambly and I just appreciate that so much um she's just a really funny comedian and I was actually watching her latest comedy central stand-up special on YouTube and I realized oh she has a podcast that's cool and it turns out her podcast is just very like stream of conscious it's nothing fancy it's just her thoughts and she and it's called uh, my pleasure by the way and she has like these segments in her show that are so like I'm like I should have segments just because it's a not a real podcast and it's just a stream of consciousness show doesn't mean I can't have segments. I feel like that would help me to formulate what the plan is every week. And she has like segments. One is like anti-sadness. It's like something you can do to brighten your mood. Uh, she has like a top five and she has hot girl homework, um, which I can't even get into that. You'll have to just check her out. But anyways, I was inspired as I was walking to get my coffee this morning. I was like, why don't I have segments? So maybe I'll think about segments. Um, If you have ideas for segments, text me or um, go on Facebook or, you know, you can drop something in the Substack. But the Substack is not a thriving place for people to talk and chat and chatter. It's really not. Um, 
In fact, the people I follow on Substack, I never comment. I never comment. So I don't mind if you don't comment. Um, but yeah, so today the theme is because <laughs> I'm just first, you know what it is, is I was living in a basement for so long, for so many months. It felt like 8,000 years, but it was really like four months. And the whole thing with the house getting it closed and all the repairs that had to happen before that could even happen. Like there was just so much that went into getting into this house. We're in the house. We're like so grateful to be here. It's still such a construction zone. We have our insulation almost finished. We have a bathroom that's more than finished. It's, it's beautiful. Um, we have like a bedroom we're going to move into eventually that is going to be, ins- it's almost finished being insulated. So like there's stuff happening. So the kitchen is not like a huge priority. However, going from a basement where I literally ate, I literally had to eat from a um, microwave. So either a microwavable food item or go out to eat, which is what we normally did. We would go out to eat. We, we were in the suburbs for a while and we'd be like going to a strip mall to get like, you know, whatever. Usually it was really pretty good, like Middle Eastern food, but still it wasn't always like the healthiest stuff. And like we had a tiny, tiny, tiny mini fridge that was like ridiculously tiny. I've made that very clear. Very, very tiny mini fridge that could barely fit anything in it. And so we like would try to carry like some sandwich stuff in there and like make a sandwich here and there. It just was like such a it was such a strange situation. It really did feel like this, like being in a doctor's office or a dentist's office waiting room for a long unnatural amount of time because you continue to tell yourself this is only going to be for one more week this is only going to be for one more week you know um especially since we had gotten we we put the offer in on the house pretty much right away when we moved so we were like oh it'll be any day that we'll get in there right so that was not the case so anyways to bring it back to where we are now Having a kitchen, however, in disrepair or just kind of gross as this kitchen is, I mean, this house is from 1926 and you can literally see like the green and cream colored Czech floor from the 20s that is covered by the linoleum from the 60s, which is covered by another round of linoleum from, I want to say, 80s or 90s. And you can see, it's kind of funny, you can literally see like, it's like looking at rocks that have different levels of age you know you can see it and I mean it's like it's it's a kitchen that is not up to standard in terms of what we were used to in California this beautiful kitchen with pink terrazzo floors custom that uh Dr. Reed Kane Esquire had created for us that was very custom to our style and very flashy and beautiful with new appliances of course like our the renters that are living there are enjoying that (laughs) which is what we signed up for again not complaining But it definitely doesn't inspire the most crazy, outrageous cooking to be in like a more like the kitchen kind of feels like one of those like New York City apartment kitchens. I'll just put it that way. Like everything's old. Everything's falling apart. The fridge doesn't have any shelving in it. So just the stuff is like lumped at the bottom and it clanks. It clanks like an old car. So at night, sometimes we can hear it on its like death rattle, like last leg and we laugh about it because we're like, we're just going to run this fridge into the ground. There's no point in buying a new fridge right now because we haven't, you know, re- we just, it, there is a list of things that are going to happen before this kitchen. But I have been slowly getting back my groove in terms of cooking. I didn't cook for like four months and I love cooking. And so at first I was kind of like weirded out by this kitchen. I was like, I don't know, like it's hard to like, 
there isn't a lot of counter space at all. Like there's barely any counter space and like uh, we basically removed like a whole area that was counter space because we had to like get rid of it. So there's just not a lot of counter space. But anyways, we found this table, this Formica table from the 50s. We found it on the street along with these amazing mid-century chairs. So like we found a lot of cool street stuff. And that table has allowed me to have more counter space. And my, the big news that really kickstarted this food thing for me and cooking is the Traeger that we got for Christmas from Santa, a.k.a. my wonderful stepdad. Uh, it's weird saying stepdad. It's weird, but that's who he is. Married to my mother, Killian. Um, longtime friend of my family and a very gracious Santa. He is like the ultimate Santa. Um, got us this awesome Traeger and we actually, <laughs> I was like, we are bringing this with us. And we brought a tiny little trailer that's filled to the brim with shit. And there was no room for this thing. And I was like, we're bringing the Traeger. It, by the way, Traeger's a smoker. And I was really loving the smoker before we moved. I was like, oh my gosh, everything. I was making delicious salmon, chicken, ribs, pulled pork, like just into it. Hickory pellets and all that stuff I was like yeah so we well you know who did this I didn't do this but this Traeger was basically affixed to the outside of the trailer in a very strange manner and it was like kind of jimmy rigged onto it and as a result it kind of clanked across the country with us as we drove cross country to Detroit and once we finally got it up and you know set up the fan had broken because you know it was just basically abused and so we recently got a new fan for it and so I've been cooking so much more um so much more and I've been just enjoying myself so much more I just love that we have this outdoor area we have like a little like a backyard area it's it, it was filled with trash we actually rented a truck a couple months a month ago and we filled it up with trash and it took like three hours and you know it was just there were literally tons and tons like like literal tons of trash or a ton of trash maybe this is a good question math is not my first language but there was like I mean we had to hire people to take I mean this this trash thing for this house was like maybe five six days of trash just being hauled out of this tiny ass house this guy was a hoarder and there was trash in the wall. There was just trash everywhere, under the stairs, in the in the attic, in the basement, in the walls, in any of the cabinets, in the shed. It was just like crazy amount of trash. But now, because we worked so hard, um, we have no trash in the backyard. So there is just wild onion growing everywhere. It's not manicured, but it's like my space. It's still really nice out. It's like in it's lately been like in the seventies gets down to like the 60s like while I'm trying to cook so it's like not bad 60s 50s so I'm out there cooking and it's just been like the best I've been loving it it's just really inspired me so that's kind of why I'm like on the food cook today kick today um the main thing I've been making well I've been making everything in my Traeger um but the main thing that I made that like made me really happy lately is I made pulled pork which is like an eight-hour pulled pork recipe that I'll put on the Substack. Um, you can also make it in your oven. You just have to, you just want to make sure it's really really low, like two fifty. Um, you want it to be really low, and I just covered it with um, mustard and then like 
uh, barbecue rub and um, you, you kind of put it on there and then you do like a apple juice in a kind of like tin. Like you put the meat directly on the grill for several hours and you put it into like a receptacle and you close it up with some apple juice so it just gets real moist in there and it's oh my god it's so delicious and we made like car- like so we had it as pulled pork sandwiches on buns with um, red or purple cabbage and sour pickles and uh, lettuce no no not lettuce mustard like hot mustard that was fantastic with like a side of beans and then we also repurposed it you just throw it in the oven at like 450 and get a nice crust and like a nice, you know, hard top to it. And you use tongs to kind of flip it over and kind of get it on each side, almost like hash browns. And you can make carnitas that way. And it's, oh my gosh, so good. So that was like, just got me back into it. Like my mojo for cooking has just like skyrocketed. I went out to one of my favorite little supermarkets here, which is a very blanket term for this is not a supermarket it's just a little market like in Hamtramck all the markets are kind of weird oddball kind of markets not unlike you know a bodega in New York or like these little Mexican markets that you see in Los Angeles they're like their own little universe and I live in a very Bangladesh town I live in Bangladesh I live in like a very Bangladeshi area and so you're getting like you're getting the produce you're used to seeing but also lots of like different stuff like different chili peppers I'm not used to seeing different fruits that I'm like still haven't gotten the gall to like purchase um there's like a whole giant station of just exceptional olives and homemade um hummus um there's a Polish meat meat market that I go to that has a room just you enter the room that is full of meat there's meat from like floor to ceiling it's all different kinds of meats and sausages and it's like it's just such a fun world to like go and walk down to these markets anyways I was noticing there was so much end of summer produce I mean obviously summer's over but like there's that those tomatoes and summer squash and zucchini they just kind of keep going they keep trucking um, you know, if you've ever grown either one, like they, you can kind of keep it up as long as you don't get frost. You're just like, okay, I guess we're still going here. Um, and all around Hamtramck, I see lots of people growing uh, a lot of these like summer squash and zucchini and tomatoes. And so there was just a lot of it at this market. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make ratatouille. I had never made ratatouille in my life, but I had it recently in Cleveland when we played a show there at... I'm blanking on the name. Guess I have to remember it and put it in the Substack. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name, but it's basically a barbecue joint that does like pit barbecue and brisket and all this stuff. Really good, really, really good food. Um, great burgers. Totally blanking on the name. I will t- definitely put it in there. Um, why did I get ratatouille though? That's a strange order. I think, you know, we were on tour and we were eating a lot of weird, questionable things. And so I think we, yeah, I think I split a like pit plate kind of thing with like brisket and beans and stuff with Dr. Kane. And then I had my separate like insurance policy vegetables because you have to, when I tell, this is what I tell everyone on tour, I say eat a salad or vegetables if you see it because you're not going to see it that often. So when you see it, eat it. You don't have to eat it every time. Well, 
every time you see it, you should order it, <laughs> basically. Because um, you're not going to eat a lot of vegetables. So I was like, yeah, homemade ratatouille. That sounds really good. Um, and it was incredible. Like just the brightness of the tomato and the textures of these veggies that were like soft but not mushy. And the thyme and like I think sage or oregano that was in it was just like oh so mesmerizing delicious with bread and so I made ratatouille the other day I used a recipe from Cookie and Kate Um, I also never use recipes this was kind of special to me like I was feeling myself I'm like oh I'm in this like weird like old weird kitchen and I'm just like just chopping with abandon I was just chopping 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 some more so basically what you want is it's really, it was so much more simple than I thought it was going to be. As a French recipe, and I don't really like French recipes or really, French food is just not necessarily my style. I like a fresher, more like verdant, like crisp, like freshness. That's like my thing, like something acidic and bright and tangy and cruciferous, you know, so not French. And, um, I was just chopping. Oh, yeah. So what? Okay. I'm now I'm back. Okay. So the things that you need, it's so simple. It was like bell pepper, like a couple bell peppers. You want to get like a, like an armful of zucchini and you want to get some summer squash. And there were some interesting different little squashes that were there. And I'm like, oh, I'll mix it up. Like there was this one that was like this little kind of squash that had like green stripes and like little white spots. And then I had like my zucchini and I am not I don't mind eggplant, but I'm married to someone who does not appreciate the texture of eggplant, which whatever, it's great. But um, I did mine without eggplant. And you basically just chop this stuff up and you you brown in some onions so they get translucent in some oil. Put a little garlic in there until it gets fragrant or a lot of garlic. And then you just start taking these tomatoes and you just sort of press them against a large box grater until they sort of not pulverized, but they just get kind of like, I don't know, saucy. They get saucy. Um, that's the, that's the technique that the recipe called for. I got annoyed and just started chopping the tomatoes. Of course you want to take like the woody part out and all the seeds, not all the seeds, but you know what I'm saying? Like you don't want all that gunk in there. And, um, but I started with the box grater and I was like, oh, I feel very French. I feel very, very French. Um, so tons of tomatoes you're going to add, and it's all fresh tomatoes, which I loved. I'm like, oh, this is so great. Like, how many recipes are just like the same, you know, canned tomato or like tomato paste and you're going to get a uniform flavor. So I got different kinds of tomatoes, a couple, I got some Roma tomatoes. I got some like more cherry tomatoes. I got some just like kind of looking like almost like beefsteak looking tomatoes that were just like big, like like emojis, like the, the, the tomato emoji. There were no heirlooms. And honestly, I wouldn't mess with heirlooms in this recipe unless you just had them growing because that would just make it cost so much more money and you don't need to because you're going to really simmer this. So I simmered the tomatoes and the onions. I got some fresh oregano from that market I was telling you guys about. And that was like in itself was just like, I I was like, when was the last time I had fresh herbs? Because I used to grow herbs because in California, herbs just grow everywhere. And you can certainly grow herbs in Michigan, but I just haven't had that time and that mental space to do that. It's just kind of a weird, it's like something to put on my list, but I don't even know where it goes on the list. And so I chopped up a bunch of fresh oregano. I basically used oregano and I used um, rosemary, even though the recipe didn't call for rosemary. I just thought it would be nice and like aut- autumnal, you know? 
make the house smell good. Um, but you just basically put all those veggies on a rack, on a couple racks, on a couple, you know, baking sheets, and you just let them kind of get caramelized. You know, you don't want them mushy. So you just kind of, I almost kind of go by the smell test when I do caramelization. I just think I can smell it. I'm like, I can see it and I can smell it. And you can smell it when it's starting to kind of become brown, but not burn. And so you kind of, it's very intuitive. You're kind of just waiting for everything to get caramelized. And then you're basically, you're after you've chopped everything and, and roasted everything and the tomatoes are just sort of like in their garlic with some olive oil, you kind of combine everything together and it's just super simple. And the, and then the nature of ratatouille, it's a very fresh tasting sauce. It's not very stewed. So you are simmering it very lightly, but it's still very like acidic and fresh and you're not having to wait a million years to um, kind of get it to where it needs to be. So that was absolutely fantastic. It just made me so happy and just made me fall back in love with food. So I wanted to share that with you guys in case you wanted some inspiration. Um, Of course, I feel like you could do this with so many different things, but something about ratatouille, it just, it's so healthy. It's so fresh. It's so bright. And then it was amazing as leftovers with spaghetti. So I added it with like spaghetti and I have some nice parmesan that I splurged on because we're not spending a lot of money on food right now but like I was like okay I can have some parmesan and I've recently started taking um like dairy (laughs) lactose intolerant pills thanks dad my dad bought me some on a recent trip uh family trip and now I'm like oh I guess I can just take a pill and that'll be okay so yeah it's a family affair here Um, so that has been amazing and I just want to recommend it because it was just fantastic. It made me so happy. Um, just, just doesn't require really anything. I mean, I couldn't believe that I didn't put even pepper in there. There was salt, but it just didn't need much else. It needed like the fresh herbs and maybe extra garlic if you're like into garlic, but like, I mean, it's the shit. Peasant food is the shit. The food that the peasants eat is what you want to be eating is what I want to be eating. It doesn't always look the best, but it tastes the best and it's got the most heart. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about is an awesome diner that's not too far from our house that we've just fallen in love with. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are familiar with, you know, like truck stop diners. And when I lived in Long Beach, there was a literal, I think it was just called truck stop diner, or at least that's what my friends called it. It was a great hangover spot. It was literally in a warehouse district where there were literally trucks parked outside, like big rig trucks, and you would go and you would get comfort food, and it was like no nonsense, cheap as hell, and just good. Um, You know, maybe your server hadn't had a little bit of an attitude because they're literally smoking as they're like taking your order, basically. But I I really, um, I don't know, I have a soft spot for people that are just serious about the food, like this is what it is. Let's not mess with it. You just, you order as it is. Everybody has decided in the world, that this is good. So you're just going to have this. And I do like that. And that that is exactly what Marcus Hamburgers is in Detroit. It's been around since 1929. It is nothing to look at at all. The first time I went there, I completely, so there's all these handwritten signs that say like cash only. And like, I just don't, I don't have a good attention span. So I just didn't see any of those things. The first time I went in there, I brought my laptop. I was trying to do a working lunch, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense at Marcus Burgers. I mean, you, you're you basically, 
so I brought my laptop. I sat down. And so basically the way that this place is situated, there is like sort of a, it's like in a diner, there's like a shotgun uh, counter, right? Where you would sit at the counter. Marcus Hamburgers is the only diner I've ever been to in my life that has these circular, like several circular bar countertops. So you're basically looking at everyone else in the restaurant while you eat. And as wherever you're situated on this sort of squiggly line of like, I don't know if it's like a figure eight or it's like two circles or if it's like actually squiggles now that I think about it. But either way, it's circular. So you're looking, you're all looking towards the inside and in the inside, you have a large metal warming station that has this world famous chili, this relish, um, onion, and I think sauerkraut, other toppings are like in the middle. And the chili is just like the altar that we're all kind of like situated around. And I, I want to say also, the buns are in there. They're steaming buns. Okay. So Marcus burger is not a burger. It's not a burger, <laughs> but it is a burger. I've talked about Coney dogs on this before. So you know that I love a Coney dog. That's like a hot dog, steamed bun, steamed hot dog with a meat, chili, and mustard and onion. Of course, delicious Detroit classic. This is a hamburger that is shaped like a hot dog that is on a bun. And let me tell you, when they ask you if you want chili on it, you absolutely want chili on it. I had this for breakfast one day after a show and it like brought me back to life. It is absolutely delicious. They bring you all the little fixins. They bring you the onion. They bring you the relish. You can kind of do your own thing. But um, this this Marcus Burger is incredible. And we just went there the other day. They have great breakfast too. Um so if anyone is in the Detroit area or Michigan area or visiting that way, highly recommend it. Marcus Burger. Um, be careful, though, because it does close, I think, around 3 p.m. And oh, yeah, I was going to tell you guys. So I didn't bring cash because I'm I don't know. I think it was like my first week being here and I was just like trying to do a working lunch. I had a call with somebody about booking. Um, I was like booking that last the last string of dates and it was a whole mess and I was on the phone. I was trying. It was just ridiculous because everyone's looking at you because you're all looking at each other. Like it's like you're in a shared living room. Like you can't really like be off in the corner like you're at a Starbucks. And I had I, I couldn't stop because I had a call. So I was like trying to not be rude to this person. And I finished my breakfast. I'm like, thank you so much. It was del- it was like the best the best breakfast I'd had in literally like maybe seven months. Like just perfect bacon, perfect toast like a combo between home fry and hash brown that I still don't understand. It's like, they're like smashed potatoes that are crispy yet creamy. I I don't know. And they put peppers on them. It's so good. Smothered, smothered, covered and chunked as we would say at the, uh, waffle house. Um, so anyways, I finish and I'm like, thanks. And then she's like, okay, it'll be, you know, $8 or whatever cheap amount it was. And I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. And by the way, there's like one guy in the back cooking and you can hear him cooking and you can kind of see him, like little bits of him as he's cooking, which I love. It's just like one dude. It's the same dude. You know, I've talked to him multiple times. Same guy. Like he's just he's been there a long time. And I think I might have asked. I think, yeah, I did ask him. I'm like, are you Marcus? He's like, yeah, I'm like 88 years old. <laughs> like, OK, 
Sorry. That's probably your grandfather. Um, anyways, uh, she was like, oh, no, you don't have money. I'm like, uh, no. And she's like, that's OK. Do you want me to just hold your laptop for you while you like go get cash? And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. So this is like the first one of the first like and this is not a good part. Of, it's not a bad part of town, but we're in an industrial area like there is crumbling warehouses and graffiti and nothing really around. Nothing except for train tracks. I mean, it really does feel like you're in, I don't know, some sort of like 80s video or something like music video <laughs> with Pat Benatar. Like it's just very, it's very, it's very, I don't know. It's very Detroit. And I'm just like, oh shit. So then I go to this gas station that's like a trucker gas station and I left my laptop and the whole time I'm thinking like, this is the story I'm, story I'm going to tell people when they're like, oh, how's Detroit? And I, you say it's so safe and wonderful. You know, this is the story where I'm going to be like, yeah, I willingly gave my laptop to this waitress. Um, you know, she punked me because I didn't bring cash. You know what I mean? I was like thinking all this stupid shit was going to happen. Of course, of course, I thought that because, you know, you hear so many stories about Detroit and literally not one of them has been true for me. It's been an, a very welcoming and sweet place. But um I basically went to this gas station. It was kind of like this this pretty pretty rough gas station. Um, this sounds weird, but like a lot of bad shit happens at gas stations in Detroit. Like you'll see, you'll see like certain areas and certain gas stations will have like like posters up that are like "Rip, this person died here." Like a lot of riffraff happens, a lot of bad shit, like a lot of drug deals go down at gas stations. That is what I heard on. That is what I was told from Detroit YouTube before I moved here. I still haven't witnessed a lot of that, although I have gone to a couple gas stations when we first moved here that were in not great areas where like one of them, like a woman was super drunk and she was like, like all up in my business trying to talk to me and like kind of being aggressive. And like, you kind of have to pick and choose what gas stations you stop at. I know that sounds crazy, but like, if you think about it, it's not crazy in a city that is literally built for driving in and a city that is that has literally stretches of of miles of miles of of landscape where there's nothing around it's you know blight essentially there's places that are just vacant that have been vacant for a long time where would people congregate where would shit go down so it was a little weird but anyways i figured i finally got my cash i went back i was like you know this is the story i'm, I'm gonna be that gullible california person and like not only not only was the waitress super nice about it, but she, but I had asked her some questions about Kowalski sausage, which is like the local Polish sausage. I'm like, how come none of these menus talk about Kowalski? Do you guys have Kowalski? And she's like, you know, I don't know about that, but my husband works there and I can. Why don't you take his cell phone number down and next time you need sausage, he'll get you the inside deal. Like she was the kindest, nicest, most just sweet and she felt bad for me because I was like how could I not have seen all of these like handwritten signs that are everywhere <laughs> and um that's just a good Detroit experience and just you know that's the kind of stuff that keeps you coming back um so that's my other food item that I wanted to talk to you guys about just you know Marcus Burgers just really a special place um and then lastly I've been watching a show on I think Hulu, but maybe Netflix. That's how my brain works. I don't know which one it's on, but it is a really good show. It's called The Bear, and it's pretty much designed for like my life right now <laughs> because it's set in mid the Midwest. It's set in Chicago, 
there is a five-star Michelin chef who is sort of made this journey from like growing up in Chicago to going off on his own and like becoming a big rock star chef and his brother passes away and he inherits I'm not giving this away this is like normal you this is not going to be shocking um he inherits his brother's um Italian beef sandwich shop and he has to come into the kitchen and grapple not only with his own issues as a human being in the world dealing with grief or not dealing with grief in his case and also like just the ins and outs of the kitchen and I love that you get this inside world of the kitchen the hierarchy he tries to bring in different like different um what's the word like different rules like in a place where there were no rules and like hierarchies in the kitchen and he clashes with his cousin and I just feel like it's very well done it's very addictive and it's very Midwestern and I just feel like it's I mean everyone's talking about it so I know I'm like really late on this ship and I just don't watch a lot of TV I mean like I just don't I don't like get that much into TV or movies I'm usually trying to like make stuff instead of consume stuff but this is like very very good and I recommend it and it will make you hungry so with that with that I'm gonna leave it here um maybe next time I'll have some segments I just feel like that would help there's definitely weeks that I want to pop on here but I'm like I don't even know what to talk about. So perhaps segments will help kind of like give me something to grasp onto. Um, Because as it is now, I kind of just wait for several things to kind of pile up. And then I go, oh, this is like a theme. Um, Anyways, I hope you guys have a really good week. If you're going to be on the West, if you are on the West Coast or going to be on the West Coast, we're going to be on the West Coast. I have some shows coming up in San Diego on November 18th at Till Two Club. We'll be in San Pedro, California, one of my favorite places, the edge of the world, um, on November 19th at a place called The Sardine, which is a killer, awesome, working class bar slash punk venue. Very cool place. Highly recommend. Run by cool people. Um, Also, on the 26th of November, am I saying November or December? Because I mean November. If I'm my brain, you guys. It's it's wild. It's if you th- if it's wild for you, think about how wild it is for me. Um, and also, <laughs> I've been told I'm saying wild a lot, so I got to stop with the wild. But okay, the 26th of November, right after Thanksgiving, we'll be playing another favorite venue, um, the Redwood Bar in downtown LA. Really fun little place. It's like pirate themed, and we have a really. I mean, all three shows have really good lineups, and it should be really fun. Bring in the record, so come and get like a Modern Adult Kicks if you want to get your kicks on Route 66. Sorry I said that. That was really dumb. Um, yeah, so come see us, and uh, yeah, I just uh, hope you enjoyed that uh, food chat, crusher chat, ch- uh, food crusher chat. Okay, I'm going to get off this before I um, ruin it. So anyways, take care. Bye.